Hey guys, and welcome back to the Peak PT Studio podcast with myself, Rich Higgins, and this week I'm joined again by Josh Jurieff. How you doing, bud? Yeah, not too bad. How are you? Yeah, very good. Thank you, mate. Uh, April Fool's Day, we're recording this on. Um, it's in the afternoon, <laughs> though, so no April Fool's jokes after 12, is it? Yeah, I think so. I, I think, think we that's... missed that curfew. Yeah, I think that's the rule. <laughs> I've seen a couple of pretty good things on uh, Instagram, people saying like, who needs April Fool's Day when you've got the fitness industry like all year round and people still telling you you need low carb to lose fat and stuff. So <laughs> I quite like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, how's, how's your week been, dude? How's training going? How's uh, clients? Yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone's kind of coming out of the woodwork now, aren't they? They're kind of, the summer's, well, around the corner. Yeah, right. First um, day above 20 degrees and everyone wants to train. <laughs> yeah, just wearing shorts and uh, T-shirts. <laughs> and then realising it's quite cold where, you know, you're standing yeah. outside for a few hours at a time. Yeah, yeah. I think it's like being a PE teacher, isn't it? Like My wife gets it all the time. And in the summer, everyone's like, oh, it must be so nice being a teacher. It's like, yeah, no one's saying that in January when it's like raining <laughs> sideways and you're stood on the hockey pitch, like showing it kids. Yeah can't do their top button up <laughs> yeah and the umbrella's blown through yeah exactly exactly we we're a bit like that to be fair we went um went for a swim the other day and it uh, when was it wednesday yeah so it was like quite warm out um looked pretty nice sun was out everything's nice and calm and then you get into the water and you're like oh yeah the water's still freezing like everything else has warmed up a bit yeah. but the water's still cold Till you dip uh, your pinky in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but it's all good. All good. Um, yeah, how's how are sessions going? Um, what have you been up to? Yeah, yeah. Everyone's really doing well. Um, yeah, we've got um, just quite a bit of a mixed bag week, really, in mm-hmm. terms of we've had new pe- a few new people inquire and, and start, start with us, which is nice. Um, yeah. Really good. And um, glad to take everyone on. And then, yeah, we've got everyone... Like I say, coming back out the woodwork, so you know everyone's hibernated for the year, uh, quite rightly yeah. so. And then, um, yeah, they're just kind of you know popping their head above a parapet. And then, um, yeah, apart from that, I think I'm going to go for a cycle today. Nice. Into that first one since uh, busting my brand new bike up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I got a cracked wheel, so you know if I get halfway to the studio, I'm going to have to uh, call you to pick me up. <laughs> You must be getting like emails off Strava saying, "Are you still there? Are you are you yeah. just still into it at all? Yeah, are you in the country at all? Like, you got a bike? Yeah. <laughs> you have the police coming and knocking on your door because apparently they were checking Strava, weren't they? Seeing like if people were breaking curfew and stuff or going too far from their home, they'll come knocking on your oh, door. Like, have you left the country? <laughs> yeah, I think the only thing I do is every other so every time I have Tilly on a Sunday. We go mm. for a, a quick 5k. Oh, and, nice. Um, yeah, that's the only thing I think I use Strava for at the moment. Um, yeah. <laughs> just because the only cycling, well, I haven't done any cycling since, you know, yeah, I awesome. busted it up. So, yeah. How about you? What have you been up to? Um, up to? Yeah, training, uh, sessions with clients. Um, client sessions have been wicked. Like I say, sun's come out, everyone's a little bit cheer- cheerier, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Um, something that we'll talk about in a bit, but started to bring a bit of conditioning into sessions as well. Just that kind of last five, 10 minutes, getting people breathing a little bit harder, 
um, which they probably yeah. haven't done for quite a while. There's been, even when we're training at home, there's like loads of resistance training and stuff, but actually just bringing in a bit of conditioning work and yeah, like I say, getting people working hard for a few minutes at the end of a session and we'll kind of extend that out as we go. Um, uh-huh. Personally, yeah, training just as normal. The first race of the season's been cancelled, which is a bit annoying, um, but all good. I signed up to another one yesterday and it's three weeks earlier than I was expecting anyway, so that's cool. Oh, where's that? Uh, it's in the New Forest, so oh, just down the road. Yeah, basically the the oh, other one right. got cancelled because it's in Wales and they're kind of coming a little bit slower out of lockdown. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, this one is like three weeks earlier than the other one would have been, but yeah, just down the road, so it should be cool. Oh, nice. Should be good fun. But yeah, with like clients, like I say, just yeah, reintroducing them to that, breathing a little bit harder, um, getting mm-hmm. into the summer as well. I think people tend to like a bit more conditioning in their workouts even though we don't specifically use workouts for calorie burning uh we've talked about that previously it's nice just to get kind of your cardio health a little bit up isn't it yeah a little bit of cardio work get moving about a bit more get a sweat on um and yeah we'll we'll build that as it goes through Mm -hmm. um probably slide in a few kind of little testers you know like calories on the on the um bike and that kind of thing distance on the ski erg those little we have kind of little blackboards up in the studio we write times down for specific things so it's again it's a little performance indicator for clients on how they're going to come in try and beat the time so yeah we'll start building some more of that in as well Uh, i think it's it's pretty cool to have at the end of a session and like i say it builds in that that conditioning element and people have goals to chase outside of just kind of weight loss and those kind of things so yeah that's all been uh all been good yeah we still haven't done the the uh the assault bike challenge (laughs) you mentioned the blackboards (laughs) yeah imagine we're gonna get some sticker with that yeah i think we probably will have to do that soon won't we yeah, I'll let you do that. <laughs> you can do it well, twice. I'll just I've take one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I've got a race in seven weeks, so I uh, don't want to like blow myself out on a 30 second. Yeah, same. <laughs> same. Got to yeah. Take it, take it easy. <laughs> yeah, we will have to do that, actually. We were getting some stick before lockdown, so yeah, we'll have to get our yeah. names up there, put our money where our mouth is a little bit as well. Yeah, I, I, I'm more confident with a ski egg. Yeah. Cool. More we, can, yeah, we, I think. we can tackle one each. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Ski erg's a bit longer. So for like guys listening that haven't been to the studio, we've got a eight calorie challenge on the assault bike, which is basically just all out for, I think it's around about sort of 25 to 30 seconds, somewhere in that yeah. range. Um, it's pretty hideous because kind of flat out effort basically gives you about eight seconds 10 seconds maybe and then the rest mm-hmm. you're just absolutely hanging on and then on the ski erg we've got a is it 500 meters yeah on the erg yeah which is more in the range of kind of two minutes so it sounds worse but actually the effort i think is a little bit more i was gonna say comfortable but it's not comfortable at all but the effort's <laughs> a little bit more drawn out and the intensity is not quite as high so yeah. Um, yeah those are a couple of ones we use as like performance markers for people and just a bit of fun to be honest at the end of a session 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, I, th- I just remember Lewis's uh, face. He took the crown, didn't he? And, yeah. Um, after it, yeah, he didn't look happy. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. Yeah. <laughs> I had a couple of people asking, like, oh, can I just come in and do it at the beginning of a session fresh? And I was like, no, because we won't get anything else done for the rest of the day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You'll have to lie down in the corner. <laughs> You have to like next client in, be like, "Oh, don't worry about them. They're they're just recovering." Yeah, they're, they're just reading a magazine in the corner. Yeah. The <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, it reminds me actually. Like I was chatting to, it was it's someone that Kelly works with. I won't give the name away, but they were doing some kind of fitness work at a local sports club, using their outdoor gym and stuff. And the trainer there had them doing some like five rep max testing. So like really intense stuff, like basically uh, like a squat or a bench is how many, what's the most amount of weight that you can lift for five reps. So it's pretty Mm. intense work. Um, And I mean, like at the best of times when people have been training for a long time, that's kind of fraught with danger. But when people have Mm. been out of the gym for like of a year, I think that's just crazy. You're kind of asking for trouble, aren't you really? Oh, I think you know, from the like movement the, pattern yeah. all the way through to the load for the joint, like you're, you're just waiting for something to tear. Yeah. I mean, really? we talked about it before with injury that it's basically that your tendons and your tissues and stuff, they don't like load that they don't know about. That's why we kind of gradually build things up. And so jumping mm. in and doing some five rep max testing, I mean, I, well, I know Especially sure maximal was, load. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, <laughs> It's, I just think that's crazy on the part of the, the trainer. Um, I don't know. Maybe they had their reasons and I, you, you don't know the full story and stuff. But basically, yeah. it's another little reminder because I know there was injuries came out of it. Um, it's another little reminder for people going back in the gym to not go too crazy. Um, yeah, I was going to say, it just kind of brings back memories of you know pre-season hockey training where you just you know run suicides or just do <laughs> you know you know every time you get here you're gonna do like 50 body squats you're like okay yeah. great like well done yeah and then um you know the coach would kind of secretly pride himself on how many people he could make be yeah sick that's or it, throw isn't up. it that's it it's kind of it's quite you know uh, i'm gonna provide like military like yeah it's kind of like, i will break you and this is yeah you shouldn't let yourself get this unfit or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah i think especially i mean that like we see it from a sports perspective but in terms of general pop then uh, your training and your exercise shouldn't be a punishment like you don't have to make it boot camp style mm. or army style we've talked about it before it should be about progressing Uh, getting yourself stronger and fitter and yeah that means you're going to have to push now and again but you don't need to be throwing up and doing like 200 burpees at the end of a workout to make progress but yeah anyway that's just my my like little rant on that as it was something I saw and kind of annoyed me just on the part of a trainer like dishing that out or a coach dishing that out I just think that's poor um yeah yeah, so, I, I mean, from that kind of standpoint as well, like it's setting yourself up to fail to, yeah. to some degree, you know, from a from a professional standpoint, you know, if you were coaching that team, you know, you know, you're going to get people drop out early on because of silly in- injuries. But, you yeah. know, from us taking, you know, 
like we said before, like I said earlier, like we've got new people starting with us. You know, those people will be like, oh, okay, I want to achieve all these goals within, you know, a, a six-week window before the world goes back to normal. Mm-hmm. And I think from that point of view, it, it kind of echoes, it's just being sensible about what you're doing, realistic about it. You know, obviously you can set goals, but if you're going to smash yourself into the ground within a short period of time, you've got to realise that it comes with consequences. Yeah, for sure. I keep meaning to, and I will do at some point, probably kind of when I've raced, I don't know if people will find it of any interest at all, but I like record all of my training. And so just to show the progression and kind of consistency of something going back. So when I talk about like races mm. or specific workouts, obviously it's it's relevant to me and so might not carry over to kind of everyone, but it just shows sort of the progression and sort of steady consistency that gets you to a point of doing a certain workout. Mm-hmm. So like talking about, and this will be the same for people in the gym, like people that are doing mega workouts or big lifts or races or whatever it might be over the summer they've put like tons of groundwork into that they've been they're the ones that were either in a lucky enough position to be able to still do stuff over lockdown and over winter but it's a lot of groundwork it's just kind of don't always look at that surface result and think oh i can do that i can be at that in x amount of weeks is like josh is saying take it steady you're on your own kind of journey with it and just build gradually. That's it. The journey is exactly, you know, you hit the nail on the head, I think. It's just thinking about where you want to be in the long term and go from there. I think as well, like one thing I thought this morning, um, we're a quarter of a way through the year, like this new year, like a quarter of the year has gone and loads of people worry about, oh, that goal is going to take me this amount of time and blah 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 like three months down and how quickly has that gone so yeah just by putting in steady consistent work if you'd started in january you're already three months in and that time has gone so rapidly so i think things will even happen quicker than you think but you just need yeah. to sort of temper that expectation and that enthusiasm early on yeah it's kind of that kind of whole culture of click and result kind of, yeah, you know, IT kind of solution, just <laughs> either reboot it or just like, I'll just turn it on and off and I'll have an issue resolved <laughs> or just, just think about, okay, I'll just drag that into that box and I've got it. So yeah. 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 And it, I, I talked about it a little bit a while ago. I think it was on Instagram with like weight loss and, you know, people have got that that skinny friend or that friend that just always seems to be able to stay in shape or are they I see them at work and not anymore but I see them at work and they're like (laughs) eating a donut or eating cake and they're still like managed to stay slim and healthy and stuff well healthy might be a objective word but slim and in shape Mm. and it's like the likelihood is that they've been in pretty good habits for a really long time and I think that happens a lot. Like you say, as you see stuff online, that kind of click and collect sort of mentality of, oh, I can yeah. just do that and I'll be in the same shape. That person's probably been working on it for a long time. And even if they don't realise it, they might have built up healthy habits as a kid that they've just kind of continued exactly. on. Exactly. You might see them, oh, just eating a cake at lunch. But 
even kind of subconsciously they're eating relatively healthy for breakfast they eat pretty good dinners mm-hmm. they don't overeat they don't binge at weekends just and it's something that's built up and it's now become second nature so they might not even be able to put their finger on it but i guarantee there's more to it than you see on the surface yeah and, and we, that reminds me of when we used to talk about our friend um where we used to work he would be you know really good shape and we're thinking about kind of people's you know uh don't like using the term uh cheat meals but yeah someone someone's cheat meal could be completely on a different scale you know i would have like for my my indulgent would be donuts or pizza pizza right Mm -hmm. um but to say that our friend does that you know it it isn't probably gonna happen and his uh cheat meal or his indulgence will be far more healthier so he's trying to kind of take it and kind of realize that every yeah everyone's got their kind of different level of um kind of nutritional habit as well yeah definitely Mm. definitely yeah i think they those kind of things are really key that's i think it often gets misinterpreted as genetics and people like yeah oh, that the genetics do play a role but i think for the most part for the biggest part of the population a lot smaller role than people think they do and i think habits and and things built in early years are far more important um mm. i mean it's a bit of a tangent from from the kind of setting yourself up to failure but i hope that makes sense is it's not just looking at things dead on at surface value and going, oh, they're in shape and they do X, Y, and Z. They might be in shape yeah. despite of X, Y, and Z. It's probably yeah. all the other stuff that you don't see is why they're in the shape that they are. And that can, exactly. really, that can really help with your expectation of your goals. Mm. Um, that, Like we said, that click and collect mentality has kind of moved the goalposts a little bit. Um, and yeah, it's important getting back into the gym not to get stuck into that. Yeah, definitely. Sweet. Um, nice. We had another question on Instagram. I thought it was a really good one, actually. Um, <laughs> friend of ours, she's saying, um, why do I get hungrier the day after exercise? And it was actually specific to, um, she's an endurance athlete, runner, and she'd done a 100k walk on Saturday or Sunday, which is pretty nuts <laughs> I yeah. saw, I saw not an average stroll is it yeah <laughs> just gonna pop to the shops yeah. All right. <laughs> I think she just covered her 10,000 steps <laughs> just you know, a bit yeah <laughs> there's yeah. people like oh just going out for a walk yeah getting my uh, activity in like from where we are <laughs> she'd walked around all of Portsea Island uh, they'd walked around hailing and they'd walked over uh, Portrait away and everything as well, but yeah, 100k walk, which is nuts, absolutely insane. That's insane, yeah, yeah. 60 miles. Um, Top yeah, it's pretty nuts. <laughs> so, yeah, fair play for that. The question was, it was kind of the day after she was feeling a lot hungrier, and this happens loads, especially with something like that. I mean, it doesn't have to be that extreme, but if you're doing something of a longer duration you Mm. quite often find that you're hungrier the day after and even the day after that. And with short kind of intense bouts of exercise, you get it a lot as well. The first thing to kind of decipher is one is the difference between hunger and appetite. 
So hunger is kind of our instinct. That's our survival instinct. So that's our cue. Like when we're actually truly really hungry and your body's going, right, we need food, we need energy. So that's hunger. And appetite is kind of influenced by psychological factors. So like desire to eat, pleasure, boredom, all of that kind of stuff. I only make that difference because I think both are important in this kind of instance. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's multiple factors why you could be hungrier the day after exercise than you are the day of exercise um one for example on something like that something as long duration as that chances are you've exercised through meal times so you've probably missed the meals that you might have eaten normally so the amount of calories that you might have taken in so you're putting yourself in a big energy deficit mm-hmm. and so the next day that your body is going to try and get that back try and basically stabilize you and get you back to normal So that's one factor, which is literally just a time factor. Um, You've also got kind of intense bouts of exercise. There's quite a lot of research into this around them being um, suppressing appetite. So if you've done a particularly short, sharp burst of exercise, you've got lactic, lactic acid flowing around the body. The body's kind of trying to deal with all sorts of stresses from the work it's just done. And that's why people you know, you speak to people quite a lot and they're like, oh, I can't eat for like an hour after I've worked out or two hours after I've worked out if the exercise has been particularly intense. And Mm. so that, again, can put you in a bit of an energy deficit and make you kind of hungrier um, and raise your appetite sort of the day after a session rather than the day of a session, especially if you're working out late at night. Um, Again, from, from sort of the appetite side so this is more of the psychological factors if you've done something big like that chances are you're you're not doing as much the next day so there's a good chance that you're sitting around a bit bored. you might be a bit bored so you're eating again a bit for boredom Mm. desire to eat because there's more things around Um, but i'd say most of it is down to those points that we touched on was basically you've put yourself in a big energy deficit and your body's trying to recoup that the next day. Remember, the recovery process isn't going to happen instantly. And so all of those nutrients your body is going to need over the next sort of 24, 48, 72 hours, <clears throat> and not just on the day of the workout. Yeah. So this is again, it's, it's another reason why we don't suggest um, for more of our general population clients, I say that um, respectfully, that kind of people that aren't walking 100k at the weekend (laughs) not many of us are Um, but it's a reason why I don't encourage kind of big fluctuations in calories on days that you train versus non-training people often ask about that and say oh I've worked out today should I eat back the you know the whatever that your watch says you burn if you burn like 300 calories 400 calories whatever it might be people say should I eat more on that day Um, and this is again why I'd say not unless you're doing huge bouts of exercise and you look at fueling that session specifically anything Mm. over kind of two hours plus for an endurance athlete for general population I'd just stick to an average or in and around an average calories per day and spread that out through the week because there's going to be times and days where you're a little bit hungrier um, and a little bit less hungry and that isn't going to directly correlate to the day you do, that you work out. Yeah. 
It's just trying to keep it. I mean, the main message there, I think, is consistency, isn't it, for a general yeah. population? Yeah. It's just you know play a long game and just well not not avoid big you know spikes in energy, but if you do have it, then plan around it. Yeah. And be aware that that's a potential side well side effect. Is that a good word to you? I don't know, but yeah, yeah. kind of yeah, that's going to happen, and you just prepare for it. Yeah. And try and get some good food in because I guarantee if you got if you're starving the next day and you're bored at home, if you run out of good, you know, nutritious food, you know, you're going to take anything, aren't you, really? Yeah. You're very hungry. Yeah, so, yeah, definitely. And that's kind of off the back of that is, um, I mean, people talk about it a lot. It's like, oh, should I eat? It's like when you go on, say, for a birthday meal or something like that. And if someone's kind of dieting relatively strictly um, mm-hmm. and they're like, okay, how do I fit in this meal? always my advice is draw back your calories from either the day before or earlier in that day don't get caught in the trap of going i'll go out for the birthday meal and then i will um limit my calories the next day because it really rarely happens (laughs) yeah Um, and that's the same from the exercise point of view is like i'll eat loads or i'll eat more today because i worked out today and then you get this effect that we've just talked about and you get hungrier the next day. You've then overeaten for two days in a row. Yeah. And that then kind of snowballs. Um, so there's a little bit of, like Josh is saying, kind of feel to it um, and reacting to what your body needs in terms of nutrients. But for most of us that aren't doing kind of crazy amounts of exercise, you want to try and keep things as level as possible through the week. Yeah. And definitely another one off the back of that, I actually saw um, we're just talking about calories for the on trackers and watches and things like that. So the variation in calories for this 100K walk was enormous, like 3000 calories plus difference between two activity trackers. Obscene. So if you're relying on your activity tracker telling you how many calories you've burnt in a session, basically don't <laughs> because they're <laughs> not accurate. <laughs> it's just, I mean, it's about as good as a random number generator. It's, it's, it's worrying though, isn't it? Because we do invest into, you know, um, we've used uh, MyZone before, yeah. um, Garmin, um, yeah. Sunto, you know, all these high in some cases very expensive pieces of equipment and and software they're just not i guess without having a a proper lab you're not really going to find out the true expenditure are you no it's almost it's almost like you want the calories on the watch to be replaced with another unit and whatever Mm. they want to call it just call it like sweat units or intensity units or whatever yeah so it's just a marker of the session and it's got bears no relation to calories burnt. So you could use it and say like, Oh, I've done 400 intensity units in this session versus this other session was 200. So you can just know that that's that session has been more intense than the other, but that doesn't necessarily bear any relation in terms of calories. I think that's what people get caught up in. They see calories there on the watch and obviously we associate that associate that with calories in food and it mm. just doesn't match up there's the there's 
far too much inaccuracy. Yeah, I remember when kind of Fitbit came on the scene and, you know, all my clients at the time were like, oh, I'm going to get a Fitbit. I'm like, cool, cool, cool. And then I was just, everyone was saying, oh, I've burnt off, you know, a thousand calories in a workout or spin yeah. class. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think that's really true. <laughs> like a big pinch of salt with that. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, I think the main thing that I took from that scenario was it's accurate enough to track steps. So just start from there and then, yeah. you know, feel it out. You know, if you're starving and ravenous, listen to that and then kind of reverse engineer it and just go, okay, how many calories do you think I've burnt? I've done, I don't know, like your key example of this, like you'll go out and do a swim in a sea, you know, a cycle run on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. So you know how many calories roughly give or take or how much food you eat. Yeah. And you just kind of kind of like eke it out and just say, well, actually, I'm all right and I feel all right or yeah, I need some more calories and you just intuitively, you can scale it up and down. Yeah, definitely. Like I said, for that, it's a fuel, the, the longer sessions and then I just eat pretty mm. normally outside of that. And yeah, massively, I go on intuition. If I'm feeling yeah. really hungry, and again, this is coming back to our previous point about um, those kind of habits built up over years. If I'm feeling really hungry, I know that that's probably an indication I should eat more and vice versa. If I'm not, then I don't. Yeah. Um, that's the point that we want <clears throat> a lot of people to get to. So when we talk about like tracking calories and stuff is it's actually just a bit of a tool to get someone to the stage um, to get someone to the stage that they can do that intuitively and they don't have to track constantly. I think it's a learned skill as well over yeah. time, practice, practice skill. Um, yeah. you know, you're not going to get it right for a very long time. For sure. Um, yeah. So yeah. Awesome, dude. I think, nice. I think that's everything we have planned unless you've got any other business. No, no. Um, just about how many eggs you think you're going to eat on Easter weekend? Oh. I'm going to go. F- I'm going to go four. Knowing you very well, I'm going to go. F- I'm going to go double figures. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not talking like you know the small eggs. I'm, yeah. I'm talking like the the, <laughs> the medium to large. <laughs> Probably up there, isn't it? I'd, I reckon yeah. you're going to be pretty up there. You've got kids as well, so there's going to be plenty hanging around. <laughs> oh, I've got. got um, yeah, I've got Tilly and Jake on uh, next week, like Monday. Yeah. So I think mum and dad's like, oh, we can come round to the garden now because of lockdown. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, we've just organised this labyrinth of Easter egg hunt, just absolute carnage. I think last count, mum's got 27. Not all for the kids, but for the adults as well. So, nice. yeah, I feel it's going to be carnage. <laughs> That's nuts. That's nuts. So she can pass them on and you can be like, oh no, Danny didn't get you any Easter eggs this year. Sorry, kids. And you just <laughs> yeah. siphon them off and eat yeah. them there. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, big, big weekend of Easter. Oh, a couple of birthday shout outs actually. So, um, oh, I'm terrible with this, but tomorrow <laughs> is our very good, is it friend? I don't know, she probably wouldn't consider us a friend. Long-term <laughs> client, Deborah Jan Janis Stringfellow. It's oh, her birthday Jan. tomorrow. The legend. 
the Wily Wanderer. So, um, <laughs> yeah, her birthday tomorrow. We've also got Lee. It is her birthday on Saturday. Client of ours, which I will remember, and it's actually going to help me because it's my best friend's and my sister's birthday on Saturday as well, and I always forget them. So now that Lee's birthday is there as well, three reasons to remember. And we just had Lewis's as well. Excellent. His birthday. Excellent. There we go. There we go. Birthday shouts, shout outs. Yeah. <laughs> we won't sing. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's not a TGI Fridays. Yeah. <laughs> we should do that. We should make them stand up on the... We should get some sort of on platform. The box. St- yeah, make them stand on the plier box and get a silly hat <laughs> for them. <laughs> just, yeah, just... <laughs> I'm just laughing because I can't remember. I can't think of like anyone less likely to enjoy that than Deborah, apart from maybe myself. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, I don't like it either. When I am um, back, when I was at college, I worked TGI's for like, I think about six months. No way. They're like, you, Josh, you've got to come over and sing. I was like, fuck that. No. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, that yeah, the, the chef needs me. Yeah, bye. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. There we go, guys. Um, so, yeah, as usual, any questions, drop them to us on Instagram. Uh, any topics you want us to cover, I'm sure we'll pick stuff up from kind of clients and stuff in the week. And we mm-hmm. are just over a week away from being back indoors as well. So, exciting news. Hallelujah. Awesome. Sweet. Cheers for listening, guys. Cheers, dude. Thanks for joining. And uh, take it easy. Thanks, guys. Take care.